Uh, go, if you will, uh, to James. Well, you probably don't have a Passion Bible, but they'll probably put it up top. But first, uh, I'm going to be talking to you tonight about anger. And the title of the message is Life, comma, in Anger. Why do we do it? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. And I, I tell you, I can guarantee you that if you grab this message, it will change your life. It did mine. Uh, when God gave me this years ago, I think the last time I spoke this particular message was in 2017. And I happened to run across the notes and I said, no, Lord, I don't want to talk about that. And he said, no. Cause, so that means that somebody here is dealing with anger. But probably if I would look around, most everybody here has those moments. The idea is to get past those moments and trust in God. See, a definition of anger is an emotional reaction of hostility that brings personal displeasure either to ourselves or to someone else. It starts with a very, very small thing that gets you going. And I, I've got, in James, I want to read out of the Passion Bible what causes most of it. In uh, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think how small a flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of all wickedness. And it is, most dangerous, it is the most dangerous part of the human body. It corrupts the entire body and is hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. That's what anger can do to you and to someone else. And our question is... What do we do about it? Well, first of all, I, I like to throw this in. I've got three types of anger that, that get on us. One of them is called day in court anger. And that's an anger where you're constantly stirring and stewing what you have been offended by. And it's just a constant thing. And it's just a constant thing. And then that drops into what I call tea kettle anger. And that's where you put it in, put it in, put it in, and all of a sudden you explode into anger and mad at somebody. Uh, you're all looking at me like nobody ever here has ever got mad. I know better than that. And then there's, then, there's, then there's sharp fuse anger. That's where you've been hurt before and you just don't want to take it again. And you've got it, you've got it tucked away in the back. And when somebody hits that button, you explode or you get mad. You just let it go. You know, we do it to our husbands, we do it to our wives, we do it to our kids, we do it to our best friends. And it's an amazing thing, but it does not at all need to happen. In, uh, in, Roman, in Proverbs 14, 17, it says, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Now, this is Proverbs. You want to you read, read, read that keeps you going. There's 31 books in Proverbs. Every day of the month, read that chapter. Like today's the 22nd. Oh, we're losing a minute of daylight today. Today's the 22nd. I'm going to get angry because I'm losing a minute of daylight. So you take the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, and you read it today. Then tomorrow, read 23. Then the next day, 24. And then when you get back around to the first, start over and read it again and read it again. You would not believe the wisdom that you can get from the book of Proverbs. This is one of those examples right here. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. What are we talking about today? We're talking about that, that anger that everybody here, when you get mad about something, 
you feel it, do you not? You, you, you almost feel it coming upon you. You feel it coming up. You know, especially if you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit to say it, check, release, let it go, don't go there, give it some time. The old saying, count to ten and then you won't do what you might have done, well, that's probably a good saying there because we've got to recognize, we've got to, we've got to understand that it, it, it'll tear us up. Proverbs 21, 24 said, an arrogant man is inflated with pride. Nothing but some, nothing but someone in love with his own opinion. And a prideful man is someone that's arrogant and in his own opinion. Well, that is a person, that's you and I, when you get mad, you are prideful. Doc, I'm not getting any response at all. Is it not true? When you get mad, now think about it. Think about the last time you got ang angry at somebody, you got aggravated at somebody. It's because it wasn't what you wanted to hear. It wasn't how you believed. It wasn't what you thought. So you was upset with what they said because it offended you. Why? See, this is what this is all about tonight, to recognize why. Everybody here has an opinion. Everybody here has a thought about something, and everybody here has a different opinion about that same thing we're, we would be talking about. Everybody here. That's why, that's why you can't vote for something like some of the churches voted for carpet, and then the church split because half one of this color and half one of this color. So we decided here, nobody's voting. We're just going to get green carpet. That keeps the problems down because it, it, everybody wants their way. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody, everybody here wants what they want. And that's what we have to fight. We've got to recognize it's great to have your opinion. It's great to have your idea. But once the decision is made about something, why carry it? Why get mad? Why, why get it in a frenzy? And why carry that to the point where you've got anger that is uncontrollable at the end? Why carry that when you're going to say things you shouldn't say? Why carry that when, when somebody harms you or somebody speaks against you? Why carry that? Because you're the one that's going to be in bondage with it. It, it forces... It forces us to come to that place of start understanding that it's a process that we've got to come to and recognize. When you start rising up and you recognize anger, you and nobody else can fix that. You have to say, no, I'm not going to go there. I know that I'm only getting upset because I'm full of pride. You say, well, I'm not full of pride. If you said that to yourself just now, you're full of pride. Everybody in here battles pride. I don't care who you are. It's, it's the main thing Satan uses against the body of Christ is pride. And we've got to recognize that why, why have a life of anger when you can have a life of peace? Why, have, why, why always be in contention trying to get your way? Why always want to have the last word? Why always fight to the finish? Why, why go to extreme extreme measures to get what you think is right when you don't know what's right any more than the next person know what's really right. There's always three sides of the story. In a marriage, there's three sides of the story. The husband's got a side, the wife's got a side, and God's got the, God's got the side. Amen. And I promise you that God knows the ins and the outs more than you do. He already knows tomorrow, so why are we arguing? Come to that place in your life, young people and old people, everybody's listening to you. Come to that place where you can have conversations with people and you can understand that they've got an opinion. And so civilly, just let them talk. 
Try not to cut them off because you're thinking about what you want to say. And let them talk. And then put in your two cents. And then recognize the best thing you can do to keep anger and strife from building is just accept them as they are. You ex let them accept you the way you are and let it go. You say, well, well, I know it's right. That has nothing to do with it. Because if you know you're right, then you're going to be the one that's going to cause the problem. Now, in marriages, somebody has to make the final decision, and that is true, and the man is designed for that. But that's where the woman's got to go, okay, we have to follow what, he, what the Bible says. The only thing that gets out of order is, uh, what's the animal in Africa? The dog? Hyena. The, the female runs that mess. Well, watch them, and you can see the mess they've got. Yeah. But somebody has to make a decision. I don't get into a marriage thing here, but it's, it, it's designed for the woman to be the helpmate, and they're both equal, yes, but somebody has to say, there's not two heads, that's a freak. But we've got to recognize that strife comes in every area. Oh, I'm mad because he did this. No, you can't go there. Oh, I'm mad because she did this. No, you can't go there. Oh, I'm mad, but well, why be mad? I mean, why, why be at that place in your life where, where you're ruining that day? What if that's your last day? Why not just go, I appreciate what you had to say. Please appreciate what I had to say, and let's just let God take care of it. Case closed. Well, if that wasn't the case, somebody just said something about me. Forgive him and let it go. Just let it go. You have to, you have to come to that place of just letting things go. Proverbs 30, verse 33 says, the forcing of wrath produces strife. The forcing of wrath produces strife. Well, what's the forcing of wrath? No, I'm right. You're not, you're, you're, you're always wrong. You always do that. All that's going to do is produce strife. Well, what, what does strife bring? The scripture says that strife brings <laughs> quarreling, contention, debates, self-seeking, undercurrent, angry under, undercurrent, contention for superiority. Why would you want that in your, in your life? Why would you want to be around people that's like that? Why would you want to be the person that's bringing that forth? Why wouldn't you want to be the person that's always bringing peace? Why wouldn't you want to, to take care of that situation? In James 3.16, it says, where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. Let me read that again. New King James Version. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every, every, underline every, every evil thing are there. So if I'm one that loses my temper, I'm, I'm bringing everything there is that the demonic forces want into my situation and circumstance. I don't care how wrong that person was or how much that person hurt you or how bad you think you got took advantage of or whatever rises you up in yourself. We got to recognize that if we allow that to take control of us, see, you can't allow, you can't allow, your emotions are great. You need emotions. We've got to have emotions. But you can't let emotions direct your life because they'll take you places where you don't want to go. I promise you, every time. You can talk to people that are sitting in prison right now and their emotions took them where they didn't want to go more than once. Those things happen in our lives, but you don't have to go there. You don't have to be there. Luke eleven seventeen 17 says the house divided will fall. 
Well, what's, what does that mean? Well, see, if, if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to be the ruler of my life, then I'm going to always have my emotional side, my mind, will, and emotions to dictate everything in my life. Well, that portion of my body is always corrupt, will always take me where I don't want to go. But if I follow the Holy Spirit that would then direct my mind in a proper way, when someone crosses me, I won't get mad. I'll just act like it didn't happen. Just let it go. I, I know what temper is. I, had a, I mean, I had a horrible temper. I lived in a household. My dad was gone all the time. And I had four sisters and a mother. And Scott wasn't along yet. So I lived in a household of women. I get angry thinking about it. And I, I'm, I mean, to the place where, you remember the old metal lawn chairs? The heavy ones that they don't see them anymore. I can remember as a little 10-year-old boy grabbing that metal lawn chair and chasing my sister Diane around the house and threw it at her. And I told that story here at church a couple times and my sister Joyce came up and said, no, that was me too. But see, that, that, I didn't, it was that, ra maybe, maybe some here have had this. Got to that place of such a rage that you didn't even have control of yourself. Very dangerous place to be. But you only get there by the things I'm talking about. If you don't allow it to affect you, you'll never get there. Well, I just lost my temper. Well, then you need to back up and find out what caused you to lo lost your temper. Lose your temper. You've got to get to that place of recognizing this is not good. See, st strife brings anger. Then anger produces unforgiveness. Then unforgiveness puts us in prison. Not the prison down here, the prison in here. When you're mad at somebody, when you've got anger with somebody, you are thinking about nothing else but that problem. And you're building up the anger inside of you, tea kettle anger. You're building and you're building and you're building. And then you'll be, you'll be just as normal as can be on the outside. But then something will push a wrong button or something will happen. And you will just absolutely explode from all that you've carried from your unforgiveness. And unforgiveness, what's it bring? It brings self-destruction. It'll do it every time. People that commit suicide. Bottom line, they have got some anger problems in the past. They're probably mad at God because things are going so bad. They're mad at so-and-so for this. They're, they're depressed because they don't have this. It's all about self when you kill yourself. But self is not who we're supposed to be living for. We're supposed to be living for everybody else. We're supposed to be vessels of, of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be one that lets things go, and we love them anyway. I can't tell you the number of people I have shook hands with in this church through the years that hated me and they left. But I still love them and I still love them today. Everybody that's ever left this church in 30, 31 years, I can go to them right now because I have had to learn to let it go. They were probably going through a time that had them going through that time that I was just the one that pushed the button. And so that's okay. God knows that. So my place is not to carry unforgiveness because all that will do is destroy me in the end. My place is just to, oh, God, God knows the situation. I don't know their home life. I don't know the situation. I don't know what they're living in. That's like all the young people we got here. We don't know, we don't know what they're living in. Most of them, not very good surroundings in life. 
most of them that come in off, off the streets like they do now, most of them, I mean, life's tough now. And it's getting tough for us that are getting older. It's just, life's tough. But you can't allow anger to dictate your life with the way things are going. I mean, every day things are getting worse. Walt Disney now. I mean, there was, there was the guy that did uh, the pirate shows. What, anybody got his name? John, yes. He had a contract with Walt Disney for $12 million. And he broke the contract because he said, I will not. I don't know his life, and I, I'm not, that's not the point. But his point here is, I will not be a part of where Disney is taking the public. Amen. That's righteous anger. There's nothing wrong with that kind of anger because that, what they're doing now at Walt Disney is violating everything Scripture says about mankind. And the best thing you can do with Disney is take it off your TV. That's the only, that's the only recourse. But you can't be mad. You can't get angry. You can't carry unforgiveness. Because, see, a wrong anger in that will have you just being mad at who runs it. And, being, and you don't even know them. And you don't know what they're walking through. And you don't know that God won't change all this. But our place is to not allow anger to control us to where we, we consume ourself when self not supposed to be consumed. Anybody you talk to that's mad about something, all they're concerned about is them. Just talk to them. That's all you hear. You, you, you can talk to somebody five minutes and the anger or the unforgiveness in their life will come out. And they'll let you know what they think about. And we're all guilty of this. Now, I'm not just talking about who I'm talking to. I'm talking about all of us. We all can recognize when we are talking about somebody or something, we're walking in unforgiveness. We're building anger. We're building things inside of us that's going to destroy us. We're only thinking about what self wants. Well, it needs to be that way. Well, who said? Somebody's got to make a decision on how things. That's just like tonight. I put them up, and I'm sure everybody that came in went, oh. Somebody raise, raise your hand in a minute. Come on. See? Because it's not, not who, who decided that? Well, I did. Get mad at me. I forgive you. See, that's what's so cool about knowing God's grace. Everything I do wrong, he forgive me already. And I'm going to do things wrong every day. That's why he don't want you to carry this stuff. Because of his grace. He said, Ron, I, I forgive you beginning, now, and to the end. I, you're forgiven already. So, if you mess up, don't carry condemnation. Just know that I love you so much, I forgive you. But do the same thing to everybody. Pass on that grace to everybody that you come in contact with. And watch what God does in your life. He'll change you forever. See, stop, strife will stir up fear and and rejection and insecurity in you. Now, let me tell you how. Many times, I want to read this. Many times it's not that they disagree with you. It's the being rejected in your opinion. See, somebody comes up and gives their opinion. You say, well, how do you like my car? Well, I don't, really don't like those kind of cars. You've got to be real careful because you'll, you'll take offense to that. You don't take that rejection. That's not rejection. That's just their opinion. See, that's why people get in arguments. Because you'll give an opinion to the person, and then the person don't like your opinion. So they feel rejected. They fall into insecurity, and that's why you get mad. 
because it's not your way. Instead of saying, wait a minute, grace, and I'm going to give everybody grace at their opinion. Because you know what's crazy? That's why marriages are okay right at first and then they start having troubles is because everybody that gets married comes out of a completely different household. Race completely different. So we're going to come together and we're going to expect everything to be perfectly the same. It's never the same. I lucked out in the area of cooking because my wife cooked better than my mother did. So that side of, of what I learned. But yet there was other things that she did that her family did. And I thought, how weird. And the same with me. But see, how easy it is for her to give me her opinion. And then I come to that place of, of thinking, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, don't, I, I disagree with that. But see, in my disagreeing, that's okay. But I can't let that make me feel rejected. And pull me into that insecurity. Uh, you, you know, we've all got dysfunctional families. And every family here is messed up in a degree. But we don't, we don't let that get between us. We just love them where they are. And, and love them, you know, well, they're just not, they just don't, I can tell they don't read their word. And I hear a cuss word occasionally. Boy, occasionally they do things they shouldn't do. And who are you to judge that? That's what causes anger and strife. Because you're going to tell somebody else and that's going to set them apart from them when you were perfect your whole life and you still are. We had kids that, that said some foul language at the thing. That's a bummer, but it ain't our place to judge them. It ain't our place to be disappointed in them. It's our place to just love them because they didn't learn it from you and they didn't learn it from the church. They learned it from other places and that's just where life is right now. When I worked at the coal mines, cussing, well, it wasn't cussing. The F word that is getting so popular now, was used as an adjective, an adverb, a noun, and a pronoun. Said three and four times in the sentence. It was like, and I never even noticed it. I was, I was saved for years. I never even noticed it. I was even in it a little bit. But when, I, when that part of my body got saved, when that part of my soul got saved, then it was like, oh, but that's not my place to judge the other coal miner because he was talking that way. It's my place just to love him where he is and let God take care of it. Why? How would I have been taken if I said to them, boy, you don't need to talk that way. That'd been it. That relationship would have been over. Now, is it my place to speak that way? No, not when I've already been convicted of it. Did it slip a little bit at first? Yeah, because it was a habit. But that in time goes away. But if you confront somebody about something that's none of your business, then we're going right back to what I'm talking about. Because they will take rejection of it. They will take, well, who are you? You mightier than thou. You, 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 know. you following me? We've got to come to that place of recognizing God's God. Think about Joseph's brothers. Joseph, his dad just loved him beyond love. Made him a special coat. Now, he had favor everywhere. And he, he never had to work. He was home with dad all the time. And then whenever he came to see the brothers, they had already through what? Strife and envy and jealousy. Built it up, built it up, built it up to the place that they grabbed their brother and threw him in a well for him to die. And then they had still had it built up so much that when a caravan come by, they pulled him out of the well and they sold him for the money. That all comes from strife and anger. 
Interesting how he handled it later on in life, if you all know the story. We're just going to act like it didn't even happen. God meant it for good. And he took care of his brothers when he could have destroyed his brothers that got him back. Why? Because Joseph chose not to go. What about, I love this one. What about the, excuse me. What about the, the oh, come on, Ronnie. The son that, that left. Oh, thank you, everybody. I'm having time tonight. The prodigal son. The son took his belongings. The prodigal son took his belongings and, and went and wasted his money on partying, major partying, and then recognized that I'm broke, and he was eating where the hogs were eating. He was a Jew, eating with the hogs. And then he come home, and his dad had already chose to forgive him instead of carrying unforgiveness. He didn't have any bitterness. He didn't have any anger. He ran to him and loved him, had a feast for him, but his brother heard the feast, seen the party, and instantly he took offense, and instantly he took that and allowed that to become anger, and instantly he come and was mad at his own father, all because he felt like he was rejected, which fell back to his insecurities of that. We've got to come to a place of recognizing God loves us so much, it doesn't matter if anybody loves us. It doesn't matter if everybody turns on you. It doesn't matter if nobody's doing what you, you know is right. See, we're, we're in a time now where everybody on the big front is doing totally polar opposite of what God wants. We are such a minority in the church body as a church, those that are believers and have a relationship and know that he lives in us. We are living totally isolated anymore from what's really going on out there. It's not, when Disney, which is one of the, you know, that... Every kid was raised with Disney. And they've always, you know, for years have they snuck in the witchcraft and that stuff. But now when, when they're putting males kissing males, and I, I go down the list of stuff, you want to go, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be a part of that. So I've got to be strong enough that my rejection that I'm going to feel from the friends that I used to have, I'm going to have to let that go and just recognize that I have a relationship with him and he will take care of me. He's a friend to you. He's a lover to you. He wants to take care of you. He's always got you. Uh, what's the answer, folks? What, come to, you've got to come to that place where you first, when you, when you feel that rise up, you've got to go, what's behind this? What, what, why am I feeling this way? What's the root behind why? Am I insecure here? Do I feel rejected here? Well, no, I can't feel rejected because God's always got me. I can't go by what they say or what they do. So you've got to chase that down so you don't go there. Then you've got to come to that place. You've got to recognize that anger is a very destructive force. It absolutely will destroy you. It, it, it's so subtle and hidden. He can keep you at that place where you don't really get angry, but, but you just don't like it. And so you carry that, I just don't like it, and I'm just, I just, I'm just upset with it. Well, don't, you, can't, you can't live there, because all that does is raise the stress in your body, and then you'll end up seeing Dr. Craig for, for stress matters. He told me once that most of the sickness is from stress matter. True or not true? A lot of it, a lot of it. Where if we could live in peace, and we could recognize, now wait a minute, when the enemy comes, let's just stay away from the fire. Let's just stay away from the problem. Let's don't run with people that cause problems. Let's don't run with people that are talking about people. Let's don't run with people that, that are doing the things that I know I shouldn't do. Because all that's going to do is build 
a house divided will fall. And if I like that, but yet I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to fall because I can't stand that. God's going to eventually win, but why not, why not live peace on earth while we're here? Sometimes the older we get, the longer it seems to take to get this over with, but it's only a vapor. Compared to humanity, it's nothing. Just nothing. But we've got to push through that and recognize we, we, can't, we can't let anybody's opinion about us affect us. We've got to learn to forgive them immediately. Otherwise, we start holding something against them for something that they didn't even mean to do, maybe. And, and remember, the one that offended you may have been going through a terrible, terrible, terrible day. You don't know how they were raised or what they were raised around. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what they're putting up with. You don't know what's taking place in their life. Even the, even the adults, you don't know that they've been diagnosed with cancer and you don't even know it and emotionally they're dealing with that. And all of a sudden they say something that you don't like. You're going to take offense to that, not knowing what's going on in their life? No, you just let it go and you just forgive. You don't let anger take you. Why live a life of anger? You literally come to the place. Ad and I made me a little thing that's on my desk and it's been there ever since. Let it go. You want to fix anger in your life? Let it go. I mean, really, that's the simplest, that's, that's just it. You say, well, I can't let it go. No, I don't agree. You're given a choice. Everybody is given a choice. And no different than that third piece of pie you ate. That was a choice. Well, I can't keep from it. You can work on it. Throw the pie out. Don't buy them. Don't make them. I haven't had a good pie since Connie passed away. Hmm, let's not even talk about that. But you know what I'm saying. We've got to get to that place of recognizing we've just got to let things, when we feel it kind of get our crawl, we just got to go, no, this guy is filled with Jesus. This guy is not mad at anybody. This guy's given grace no matter how much you step on me, no matter how much you spit on me, no matter what you say about me. I don't care. I love you anyway. You say, well, how can you do that? I can't. Because self can't do those kind of things. But the God in me can do those things. And the God in me can prompt me to let it go. See, God never condemns you about anything, ever. He only tells you you can Yes, you can forgive. Yes, you can let it go. Yes, you can just trust me and wait. I'll take care of it. Yes, you can start speaking. Instead of using the tongue to destroy, let's use the tongue to recover. Let's use the tongue to fix. Close out. Ephesians 4.29. Probably of all the scriptures in the Bible, this one will probably help you and me the most. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. In other words, when somebody says something against you, don't you dare say anything bad about it or to it. You only impart grace. If you can't say something good, just don't say anything at all till you can contain yourself. Give it a moment and then say, wow, they had nice teeth. Find something good. Don't say they're jerks. I've been hearing that lately a lot. Oh, they're just a jerk. What a horrible thing to say. They feel that way. You know why? Because they're not like they want them to be. That person's a jerk. Oh, really? They're not like you want them to be, huh? Oh, that person's a nerd. 
oh, they're smarter than you? That means they're not. So see, we've got to come to that place of recognizing. I'm going to read it again and we're going to close. Let not, let no corrupt word, that doesn't say some, no. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification to build him up. That particular word there is, is engineering, bringing it up, architectural work, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What's grace? Grace is you forgive no matter what. Grace is you accept them for just exactly how they are. Grace is you give them something that they really don't deserve. God gave us grace. He gave us forgiveness that I really didn't deserve. But he gave me grace for every day of my life. He gave me grace for everything that goes on in my life. He gives me grace for everything that goes on. I don't deserve. But see, if you walk in peace, it just comes and you get more grace for more grace, the Bible tells us, because we're doing what he says. He'll never... He'll never pull the grace away. It's just that you don't know the grace is there when you're in self. And he's got you. Let's all stand up. Father, we thank you. We understand and we know that anger is, has no place for you. There is a righteous anger. But that word's not even, anger is used wrong there, Father. We know that uh, being against the things that are hurting people, hurting mankind, hurting ourselves according to your word, is wrong. But I'm talking about the anger where we rise up and we think we're the gods and we think we can control it and we think we can fix it and we think we know better. Those angers are totally demonic. And Father, we thank you that you give us peace and you give us a trusting that you've got every situation, every circumstance in hand and you're going to take care of it for us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Call you blessed. You got five minutes before the kids come running in. And they will.